Welcome to the KnoxCast, where we talk to the community about all things Knox. My name is Mitch Prentice, and today we had the honor of speaking with former Knox College Associate Professor of Music, Chair of the Music Department, and Director of Jazz Studies, Nikki Malley. After almost two decades of teaching at the college, she has decided to change course and open a brand new store in the heart of Galesburg, selling homemade jams and jellies as well as other premium food products. She sat down with us today to talk about her long career at Knox and her exciting new endeavors in Galesburg. Nikki Malley, welcome uh, back to Knox. We have a lot to chat about today. How are you doing? I am great. Super great, actually. How about you? I'm doing okay. I'm excited to talk with you about Knox in general, your new endeavors in Galesburg. Um, lots of fun things going on in your life right now, which we will get to that, I definitely want to start with your history at Knox because you have a long history at Knox. (laughs) And I just wanted to give a couple years here. So you attended Knox as a student from 94 to 98, graduated in 98. And then you taught at Knox from 03 all the way until uh, 2022. You just, uh, you just left Knox actually. So that's exciting. Tell me about, um, you know, your history at Knox, some of the highlights of your career there, and then just you know, what has kept you around this institution for so long? Sure. Um, It was all a big mistake that just ended up being most of my entire adult life. But the best mistake ever, um, I was in high school. Not to give you my entire life history, my parents hired a very um, fairly expensive college counselor to help me determine what would be the right fit for me. And I took all these quizzes and met with her and she did not put Knox on the list, but we were looking at other colleges in the Midwest. And my mom, who is an ultimate researcher, said, well, we're going right by the school. It seems like it fits all of your, your interests. I did not want to stop at Knox. I was so tired of looking at colleges and it wasn't on this you know, counselor's list. So I figured it couldn't possibly be great. And um, I, I really did step on campus and I just felt like I was at home. And there were lots of things that recommended Knox to me, brilliant professors, interesting programs. But and I told prospective students this all the time once I became a faculty member. I felt like I was home here in literally five seconds. Now, and did, did you grow up in Galesburg? No. Where I did you grow up? Southern Indiana. Um, and oh. where I grew up, everyone went to Indiana University or Purdue University. Right. And that was it, which is why we had to hire an independent counselor to help me look at options because you just didn't talk about liberal arts education where I grew up. Um, so the fact that I ended up here was really a, a very happy accident. But uh, I, I've, I've always told prospective students that all the important things that admissions is going to tell you um, are the reasons to come to Knox are all legitimate. But you're also going to live at that place for four years very or true. in my case, a whole bunch more years than four years. Right. And you've got to find a place that you want to live and where you feel like you fit. And that was the case for me and ended up, uh, again, through other happy accidents, being the place that I came back to work. And um, I was lucky that I found a place that I fit. And then at the same time, found that I fit in Galesburg in a bigger way than just on campus. It may seem like I'm too much of a cheerleader for Knox and, and Galesburg, but these were places I did not intend to be. I wasn't looking for this. And I found my hometown and I found a, a place where I, I was a student and a faculty member and have had more incredible life experiences than 
I ever could have imagined when I reluctantly stepped on campus because my mom made me. <laughs> right. And, you know, on that on that subject, too, you know, I can uh, now relate to you on that as being a graduate and then coming back and yeah. working for the college that you graduated from, which is really exciting. Um, and there is like I know for me personally, like it's so easy to be a cheerleader, right? Like you feel almost indebted to the college and then to be able to take the skills that you learned here and then transfer them back into the, you know, in any way you can, totally. it's really exciting. So I'm, I'm curious when you came back in, uh, 03, right. Yep. When you came back in 03 and you had that opportunity to teach at the college, um, you know, what did that feel like for you? Was that pretty exciting? <laughs> it was very surreal. If I'm being honest, uh, it was not on my radar. I had just finished my master's degree and the, uh, person who really developed and grew the jazz program into what it was, Scott Garlock, my predecessor, called me and said, I'm going to be moving to a new institution. I think you should apply for this job. And I was like, did you call me? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. And, really. <laughs> and, and tell us a little bit about everything that you, you, you did at Knox as well, just like some background on that. Well, I came in in, in a visiting one-year situation, and I thought, this will be cool. I'll get to direct my college jazz band for a year and see if this whole college professor thing is, is what I really want to do. And, uh, in, in the end, my colleagues here encouraged me to apply for the permanent position. And, uh, somewhere in the middle of that, I also got my PhD while I was teaching here full time, which I do not recommend. That is not really the best way to do it. But when you get a job offer at a place that you know, you love, it's absolutely worth it. So I took over running the jazz program, which meant directing the jazz ensemble, the large ensemble. But my degrees, my graduate degrees were in musicology. So half of my role was overseeing the jazz program and the general instrumental program, although I did not direct all of those ensembles, but I kind of managed that. Um, and then teaching musicology courses and ethnomusicology courses, because my leaning definitely is uh, ethnomusicology ethnomusicological. That is not an easy word to say after that's all these years. Yeah, yeah. That's a tricky one. Um, and that's also extremely unique. It is not, it's not often the case that someone who goes into the kind of scholarly uh, disciplines of music gets to be so hands-on in performance. And I really did get to do both uh, for 19 years and uh, took on some administrative leadership roles later in my time here. But uh, I, it, <laughs> I, I never, ever thought that I would be qualified to do this. I didn't think that um, any institution would ever give me a chance, and Knox did, and I'm sure that my alumni status had a little something to do with that, because the jazz program is such a community, such a team, that having someone who knew that history and had some institutional knowledge was certainly a benefit, but the fact that I got to become the musicologist that I wanted to at the same time in this position was all just very unexpected. Uh, I could not have seen any of this coming as I said, I'll probably say it too many times, but uh, it was it was a lot of things. I wore a lot of hats, but I was lucky to because um, sometimes you get kind of stuck into a corner in academia where you do that this one thing. You're a Beethoven scholar and you teach classes on Beethoven for the rest of your life, and that would not have worked for me. Well, and I, and I have to imagine that you know just shy of two decades, right? I mean, that's an incredible amount of time to spend at one institution yeah. and to be such a core member of, you know, the arts, right? I mean, Knox is, 
incredibly talented when it comes to the arts. I feel like a lot of people really respect that about the college and there's just so many strong programs here. So to be able to say that you were in that position for two decades, I mean, could you have really ever imagined <laughs> that that would be your role for so long? No, not at all. And I was such a little baby when I came here. I was just fresh out of, <laughs> out of my master's, as I said, I, and Knox really took a chance on me because I did not have the PhD. I did not take the standard trajectory. So I did a lot of learning on the job, but I did it around such supportive people. And you're absolutely right. The arts programs and community here are so vibrant because, again, this is something that I said to prospective students and their parents for almost two decades. People who show up at Knox are very different. There is not one kind of Knox person. Very but true. Very the, true. The similarity that I saw between these very different kinds of students was that you generally get people who are not interested in one thing and one thing only. We get people who are really passionate about two or three or 10 things, and they want to do all of those at a high level. They don't want to be stuck on the, the JV team for all of their other interests beyond their major. So you get people who are going pre-med who are unbelievable actors, incredible dancers, you know, could, could and sometimes do double major in those, in those uh, fields. And so it's exceptionally vibrant for a community and a campus this size. And I think we sometimes take it for granted because we live in it here at Knox and in Galesburg, but this is not the way it is everywhere. That's, that's really interesting. And talk about a perfect transition into your <laughs> current endeavors, because talking about being multi-talented, right? <laughs> well, your farm is Mally Farms. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. And you are opening a new business here in Galesburg which as much as you've been a part of Knox, that all translates, I feel like for most people, very naturally into being a part of Galesburg as well. Absolutely. So now you get to put a stamp in town and say, this is my new thing. You know, this is my exciting next adventure. So tell me a little bit and everybody listening about what exactly that adventure is turning into. Yeah, if you don't know, this is going to be a real left turn in the conversation. Exactly. Multi-talented, <laughs> like I said. Or just can't sit still. It might be that. But uh, So I, I, I technically retired at the end of this last summer, after 19 years, because I was lucky enough to start early enough that I have this ability to have this second chapter. So nine years ago, my mother-in-law, my husband's mom, uh, who is a dyed-in-the-wool Knox County farm um, wife and mother, she taught me how to can. I'd always wanted to, I thought that was kind of magical and scary. And she taught me, and I can tell you learning things like that from someone in person, doing it by hand together is the way to learn it. And I truly fell in love. It was, I've, I've fallen in love with many things in my life. And I know what that feeling is when you do it the first time, or when you see that person and you think that might be my person. I felt that way about this. Oh. And so I did it as a hobby. It was a really nice kind of release and a change of pace in the summer when I wasn't teaching. Um, but then I was making so many jams and jellies and things of that nature that my husband and I, who do not have children, could not possibly eat and go through. And I was kind of giving them to everyone. To Please, the point somebody that, take my jelly. Right. Take my jams. Not a, not a bad thing for all of my friends, but there was a point which I wanted to do more of it. And person can only eat so much. Um, so I decided to just see what it would be like to to sell at the farmer's market here in Galesburg in the summers. Again, it's just a complete alternative, a, a, a total change of place, pace from the intensity of, you know, the, the very intense three, 10 week term system at Knox. And I absolutely loved it. I'm sure partly because I love being able to do this hobby that was getting more serious, but also I genuinely love the Galesburg community. And, and 
to tie in our previous conversation, I think a big part of my love for the community grew from being in the music program, playing jazz night as a student back in the 90s, and then being part of, you know, directing the Rutabaga Jazz Festival and continuing to do and direct and participate in jazz night and, yeah. and community events. I I've very early on felt like I was part of this town as much as I felt like I was part of the campus. And so this ability to interact with people at the farmer's market, which is a super positive experience. People do not go to the farmer's market in a bad mood generally. So you're getting people in a great mood talking about getting fresh produce and, and handmaids, you know, small batch things. The vibe was just so cool. And I found that I was being creative in a new way with coming up with recipes and developing and thinking about label and design and branding. And I got to a point a few years ago where I could not meet the demand. I was selling out every week and I was missing doing it when I wasn't doing it in the summer. And I realized I either had to cap it where it was, or I had to take a big step into a new scenario and not be a home food, what we call a cottage food business here in Illinois, um, and move into something that was a little bit bigger and scale up. And I think, you know, a confluence of events the pandemic being extremely difficult for all of us in different ways. Um, teaching the performing arts in the pandemic was really tough. Can I even imagine? Um, really tough. People, there are many people who had it way tougher. I will not pretend for a minute that's not true, but um, I kept moving more and more towards this other endeavor. And, um, and I decided, I, I realized I was at an age where I could do something different and that might feel different in a few years. And I have a very supportive family who was up for me changing all of the rules for which we agreed to live together. Um, and so I decided to try this entirely different endeavor of building a small brick and mortar store. And we're building literally right now a commercial kitchen down on seminary street in Galesburg so that I can scale up my production. And, um, you know, this ties in everything about my experience in Galesburg and Knox from the beginning. I think I ate at the Landmark the week that my parents and I came here to visit Knox before I even came to Knox. And now you're like right next to it. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm right. Well, and I mean, it's even deeper than that. So my landlord is the owner of the Landmark, who I have also known since I was 18 or 19 years old. These are, you know, these are relationships that coming to Knox enabled me to build. I had no idea that meeting Phil Dickinson, the owner of the Landmark, would turn into this relationship in 2023. Um, but you don't know what, what relationships will turn into. And it's extremely exciting to imagine doing something totally different, but that is rooted in, in the actual values of this place, you know, that go beyond what your discipline or your job title is, I think. Yeah, and I think, I think for so many people at Knox who have been here long enough to know it, uh, there's always that desire to kind of bridge the gap between Galesburg and, and Knox and, and bring the two together. And how fun is it that, you know, you just left Knox. So there's students here yeah. who will know your face, you yeah. know what I mean? And they'll be able to go to Seminary Street, which is one of the highlights of downtown, you know, that street in general, and see a friendly face and then give them that connection to the city on top of having baked pizza over there and landmark and all the other great businesses there um is is that kind of part of the fun for you kind of being able to create that bridge for the two communities to come together totally although it's probably mostly just selfish on my part you know i don't think i would have made this significant career change if uh, i had not also been able to stay here in the community 
because I don't lose my people. I get to see my colleagues, uh, my faculty and staff friends, my students. I will get to see them when they come back with their kids, when their kids are prospective students. You know, yeah. so it makes it makes the transition not nearly as scary for me. I see it as an extension of my life here into another realm, and uh, everybody's been so supportive. My my students, my colleagues on the faculty and the staff. Um, after they got over the initial shock of you're, you're leaving a tenured position to do right, that. Right, right. Um, but I think they got it. And I think most, many of us at Knox are lifelong searchers, whether that's lifelong learning or um, whatever that means for you. And so I think it's not so surprising when people from Knox, when a, when a faculty member takes on a whole different research area that's mm. completely different or a student changes their major for the third or fourth time. You know, I may have done that once as well. Right. Um, that's what we do here and we encourage it. So it, it just feels, it feels natural to me uh, as, as unnatural as it may look on the outside. The business is, is called Mally Farms. Um, that's where I learned how to do this. That's where, you know, we don't grow all of the produce that I use, but we do grow some of the things that are used in my products. That's where this was born. Um, and the Mallies are a fourth generation farm here in Knox County. It feels right to root this in, in the community that way. It's a complicated situation because we are putting in a commercial kitchen to a space that doesn't have one so that I can have the ability to produce at a different level. And we're doing a storefront where I'll be selling my products and a kind of small curated line of specialty food products that, you, that are not already available in Galesburg. So there's a lot of construction and building and then those two things are very different kinds of building projects. At the same time, we are still in this wave of post-COVID supply chain issues. So this is the breaking news part is that we just found out yesterday that there is a part that we need to upgrade the electrical that might not be in until May. So oh I'm learning how to be patient in a whole new way. So when the official grand opening will be, yesterday I would have told you end of March, early April. Now I'm in my new realism, I think maybe middle of May, but I'll be active and involved in doing events and, and making that shop visible in the interim. But I am really looking forward to the day when the whole thing is done and we can do a real official grand opening. And maybe it'll be in the spring so we can have tables outside and, and make it kind of a big event. It's coming. It's coming. It's a big project. And uh, and I'm learning all kinds of things that I didn't know. So many things. I'm sure it's been oh quite my a goodness. journey. Uh, but, but again, uh, you know, I, I spent the last more than two decades at a place that in encourage us to keep trying to learn things. So I actually find that exciting. Um, the bill paying uh, of these huge construction projects is less exciting, but the learning process is actually really invigorating for me. And um, it's cool to see every part of this built from the ground up. We're going to build the kitchen exactly the way we want to, the store exactly the way we want to. Um, and I just feel very, very lucky to be able to have this experience because I also know what an incredible privilege it is to be able to do this. This is not something that everybody gets to do in their life. And I, I definitely don't forget that. I think there is an interesting tale to be made about this person who has no idea that Knox even exists <laughs> and isn't even on the list, right? And, and now you're looking. So let's see, that would have been probably 93 when you started your college search. Yep, so, yep. you know, 30 years later, Ooh. you're now opening a brick and mortar <laughs> store in town. And I think that can be a relevant story for a lot of people who may not know what college they want to go to and end up going somewhere that they had no anticipation of going. So I'm curious, 
just what is it about Knox? What is it about Galesburg? What is it about the Midwest? Any of that, that made this all work for you? While you were asking that question, I thought, I don't know how to answer this question. And then I realized that the answer, as vague and as broad as it might be, is people. I, I started I think to think fair. about yeah. all the people. I thought about I thought about Scott Garlock, whose job I took after he left Knox. And that first conversation I had with him where I wasn't even sure I wanted to go into jazz. And he was immediately encouraging in a way that many people were not, especially of women going into jazz at that time. So, so he opened a door. And Knox opened a door for me again when they invited me to apply for the job. They opened a door when they um, made it possible for me to get my PhD and keep my position here. And these are all people. These things happened because I these, these were real people that I was interacting with who were willing to sit down and have a conversation and figure out who I was, what my goals were, what my potential was, even when I couldn't see it. I'm, I live on Mallee Farms now because like, we didn't talk about this and this isn't exactly a knock story, but it is a little bit okay. um, that I, I married the older brother of my best friend who happened to go to Knox with me. Perfect. So, you know, how did I end up at Mallee Farms? People. Mm-hmm. And, and all these people circled around and within the Knox College community, which of course kind of ripples out into the Galesburg community. And then I meet the business owners on Seminary Street. And I meet the business owners at, at all of the restaurants and bars that we played at as jazz musicians in college. It's people. And I do think Galesburg is full of extremely special people. The whole area is full of special people and people who are interested in, are open to people having interesting life stories. And it was, it was all the people. And I could name, I, my goodness, probably a hundred people now, because I've been around in so many different ways. Um, at Knox, who were part of the story that none of us had an idea was actually going to play out this way. And, you know, who knows, maybe 20 years from now on the next podcast, I'll be talking about my going to, going to astronaut school or something. I doubt it. I don't, I don't think. Hey, don't count it out yet. Okay. <laughs> I kind of don't think so, but you are part of a community. You, you don't stop being part of that community. And some of us have been lucky enough to come back and be, have different roles in that community. Yeah. I, agree on all points. And I think that's a fabulous way to uh, close things out here. So Nikki, thank you so much for coming and chatting with us. Uh, It's such a cool tale and (laughs) such an interesting journey that you've taken. And I wish you the best of luck with your next endeavor. And I will certainly be by to uh, pick up. uh, Well, I don't know exactly what I'll be picking up yet, but definitely (laughs) some jelly at the very least. Awesome. I've got plenty of it for you. But no, thank you so much for asking me to talk about this. It's, it's, I'm excited and I'm excited that people seem to also be excited about it with me. Okay, thank you so much to Nikki for sharing her amazing story. I know many people in the Knox and Galesburg community who are counting down the days until Mally Farms is officially open and we can get our hands on some homemade jams. How exciting. That's all for this episode of the Knox Cast. Thank you for listening. <laughs>